Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday night. I'm with the fake Rohan doing the doing the polo show today. I am real Rohan at the same time. We're going to talk about the Niners and the Eagles game, figure out who's going to go to the Super Bowl, try to preview that. Rohan, how you doing, man? Hey, I don't know my name. Whatever it is, I'm good. Uh, obviously, I always appreciate you having me on. Uh, and yeah, let's talk some Niners because uh, we got some good time here two days before the game. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited, um, and I've been really split this whole week, but we'll get into that in a little bit, but let's just go ahead and, and get... And Chris is so excited that I gotta say it, he's holding an entire yeah. mic for another hour of his life on my yeah. phone. Just imagine holding I, it, no stand. Just a lot of hours. Mic. It's a lot of hours. I, I, I did hours post-game during, like, after every Warriors playoff game in 2022, so just put that in perspective. It's a lot of hours that I'm oh, putting man. in work, uh, but... Your initial thoughts going into this game this weekend, obviously the Niners and Eagles, they've been the two best teams in the NFC. Eagles have the best record in the league. Um, and the Niners on the long win streak with 12 games in a row. What stands out about this matchup to you in terms of what do you think is different that the Niners are going to be facing when going up against the Eagles and vice versa with the Eagles facing the Niners? What do you think is different for both these teams going into a game like this? I think there's multiple things. I mean, everybody talks about the matchup, right? Oh, it's going to be the toughest challenge. I think that stands for both teams, but I don't know how much I play into it. Really, when I look at the matchup, I just look at talent. That's how. That's really, to me, the ultimate deciding factor. Talent being on coaching staffs, being on the uh, what's going on in the field, all of that. And I think both of these teams are the two strongest teams in the NFC, perhaps in the entire NFL. So when you when you look at it, both teams have similar approaches. They're both a balanced offense where they can stretch the ball, uh, stretch, um, stretch the ball downfield, while also running the ball uh, at a very efficient level. Both teams ranked among the best in uh, uh, pass offense and rush, uh, rush offense in general. Like in terms of total yards, uh, very efficient offenses. And then defensively, the Eagles have the best pass rush in the NFL, while the 49ers have the best run defense in the NFL. I mean, they've got a lot, a lot of different things coming at them, which is why this could be one of the best matchups we've seen in a while and a very, very fun conference championship weekend. Yeah, the pass rush is one of the things that I think is going to be really relentless uh, this Sunday. Now, Dallas did a pretty good job at applying pressure to Brock Purdy and just getting in the backfield, making things difficult, especially in that first half. I started to get a little nervous right. when I was seeing, you know, Brock Purdy had to roll out a lot. Um, and I was thinking, like, man, Trent's doing his own, and, and he held his own against Micah Parsons really that entire game. It's 15, I think it was 15 pass rushing snaps that Trent Williams faced. And only, one pressure. Yeah. only one pressure. Only one pressure. But then there are, what I was worried about, one of my concerns I was talking about going into that game the whole week was, 
whenever they would decide to just put Parsons on McGlinchey and he just finishing moved him like it was a PlayStation game and, and stuff like that makes me a little nervous because this defensive line, although it is pretty old, I would say, like they're pretty up there in age, to have that many sacks come from that many different players, every single person's a threat. And obviously Hassan Reddick is a, is a huge threat um, as a pass rusher. And that secondary is pretty good too. It's not like this is like a one-dimensional defense. This is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, the Niners have been doing much better offensively ever since they got uh, Christian McCaffrey, but we saw when they played Dallas, that's also one of the best defenses in the league. And, you know, it was kind of tough. It was really gritty. Uh, you know, that final drive, I think, was just so incredible the way they were just they were able to just convert those third downs, keep that drive going, keep take, keep taking time off the clock. And they're going to have to do a lot of that this week too, but this Philly team just has also a way more potent offense than that Dallas offense. So it's going to be really challenging. Um, now, in terms of stuff going into this game, and we'll talk more in depth about this, I've kind of had some conversations with people, and um, a lot of people were talking about how the Eagles or Jalen Hurts more specifically kind of struggles against cover three and i know you do film breakdowns is there anything that you notice that you know whether it's about jalen hurts or if it's the eagles offense right. that you think really is in favor for the niners defense going into this game yeah i think there are a couple of things when you talk about it i mean the eagles offense is by far going to be the toughest matchup that they faced even against kansas city because of the way that the 49ers are playing right now yeah. and in general i think against kansas city i don't count it as much because of the injuries that were happening and also the one thing that I talk about when it comes to conference championship games, I don't care how you were 12 weeks ago. I care how the team is playing right now, and that's why I don't take into account any of the games that we saw before, like the Chicago game, the Dallas game for Washington, that com Commanders game midseason. I think about it right now. And so to me, things that I think the 49ers do well, I mean, in the run game, we've seen how great they've been. They are the best gap-filling team in the NFL by far. Their defensive linemen do their job uh, in really engaging in those blocks against offensive linemen, uh, which doesn't allow them always to get to the second level. And then their linebackers just shoot through the gap, fill the gap well, and understand their responsibilities. It's one of the most disciplined teams when they're on their A game. And really, they, they, they fill the gap very well. And so to me... That's a matchup I want to see. How do they defend the run against the best offensive line in the NFL? Uh, and another thing, I know a lot of people are talking about the cornerbacks. I know, I know that some people even said that they are the weak link of the team. And while you might say the cornerbacks are the weakest of the three position groups, I, I don't like the word weakest. I don't even like it when you're talking about Jordan Mailata or something like that. There's no such thing as weak in either of those two areas. When you talk about the the, the cornerback room over there in the with the 49ers, yeah, you're going up against A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. But Jalen Hurts, he loves to throw the ball deep. That's one thing he's done very well this year, which has been a huge part of his progression. And this year... I, I think that if the 49ers defend well, it's going to be because of those cornerbacks just being able to uh, press up and really play well in their responsibilities. When you talk about cover three, taking away that deep third part of the field, Hertz can hit the outside throws. So I really wonder how does D'Amico Ryans come into this game? Is he going to play soft? Is he going to play that soft off coverage, which against this team, I don't think will work at all. Or is he going to play uh, really trust his, his entire team? To where I think you get a little better of a matchup than you'd anticipate with AJ Brown and that receiver group against our corners. Yeah, no, I that's kind of what I've had a lot of discussions about really this entire week. And another thing that keeps coming up is, you know, the mobile quarterback situation, having to deal with a running quarterback. And 
I hear all the time, and you probably hear it too, the Niners struggle against running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks. That's really every team struggles with mobile yeah. and running quarterbacks. So it's not really anything different that any other team would have to go through. It's just that this team is the number one defense in the NFL having to deal with it. Now, when it comes to like yards, guys are going to get their yards. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is going to be trying to run the ball at some points here. He's going to have some good runs. Mm-hmm. He's going to probably run for some first downs. I don't think you can expect to really completely – shut that down so when you're dealing with a quarterback like Jalen Hurts and there's some other guys in the league like Lamar Jackson who are really you know when they're running the football it's it's really scary because you don't know what to do at that point if you're going to spy do you not want to spy do you want to run man coverage but then run the risk that you know when a play is broken we saw Dak Prescott escape for some uh, good scrambles there in the Dallas game what would you like to see the Niners do would you like to see them put a spy on Jalen Hurts do you think they don't really need to is it just like a you want one certain player kind of responsible for Jalen Hurts and kind of keeping him contained what do you feel like the Niners should do in that situation I don't think you need spy necessarily and I want to highlight a couple of things I don't think the 49ers though with their defensive schemes require a spy why because when you talk about cover three or even quarters coverage that the 49ers like to play these different zone coverages there's always a guy that's tasked with covering the middle of the field or there's a guy tasked with covering both boundaries you have four three to four interior by interior I mean within the 10 yard marker you have three to four defenders covering that area in zone coverage and while they might be covering grass sometimes I think those are the three guys that are task responsible with collapsing on Jalen Hurts once he tries to escape the pocket so the edge rushers their goal should essentially be to try and contain Jalen Hurts up the middle and then have the three guys that are there playing in their respective coverages to uh, collapse now it's not it's a lot easier said than done when you talk about it. Philadelphia, the reason their offense is so powerful and really uh, such a great offense is because of their scheme. Talking to Vish Kamaran today uh, on my podcast, he had told about how the in- the intricacies of Philly's scheme that when you watch on film, you can see is why they are such a good uh, team. They Their run game, I mean, the zone read is there, but their run game in general with the way that they run with Jalen Hurts, I think that they the amount of intricacy there is why that they, they, they still have success despite seven people in the box, despite the spy being attached, that type of thing. And I think that's what San Francisco has to worry about, especially with gap exchanges. Why? Because Philadelphia always has a tight end that leaks on some of these running plays. What does that do? That edge rusher, uh, uh, that edge rusher is now responsible for that tight end, uh, or the the guy on the outside, be it the edge rusher or the linebacker, is responsible for the tight end. What does that mean? You have one less guy, and another guy has to come in and fill that gap that the that the linebacker does. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of uh, responsibility, and that's what I talk about when being disciplined. It's a lot of interchangeable responsibility, and you you got to make sure that everybody's on the same page when you're going to defend every single play. That's tough in the NFL, and that's why the Eagles have success. That's what the 49ers need to do. They want to stop that part and neutralize Jalen Hurts in the running game. Yeah, and, and Brooks was kind of talking about, you know, he hopes Hurts doesn't have the game that Mariota did. Mariota didn't really have a lot of incomplete passes at all. Um, obviously, the running game... Mariota as a rusher kind of really hurt the Niners there. Now, in that game, obviously, a lot of guys are missing, including Nick Bosa, but uh, point still stands. You don't want to ha- let Jalen Hurts kind of get into that kind of rhythm where the offense is just running down your throat. It should goal should be to be vice versa with the Niners, right. like Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, who's got the groin issue, but he's still going to go. Um, and we were kind of talking about, you know, some things the Niners might have to worry about, and I kind of wanted to dive into that. What are some of your top concerns 
uh, going into this game, whether it's, you know, a certain aspect that comes like about the scheme or if it's a certain player on the Niners that you might be a little worried about or a certain matchup or if it's a player on the Eagles that worries you the most. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is one of those. But what are some of the top things that concern you for the Niners the most? To me, number one, let's start with offense. Number one has to be the running game, right? We've seen yeah. Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, the news. Elijah Mitchell hasn't practiced in three straight days. He's their physical guy. Christian McCaffrey did not look like himself last week and also is in limited practice once this yeah. week. Christian McCaffrey and Mitchell are so integral because the 49ers churn and get third and mediums while using the run game in first and second down, especially in the second half. When you look at their game plan, they've looked to be more pass-heavy in the first half in the playoffs and more run-heavy in the second half. You can't do it if you don't have guys like Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey there and healthy, especially Mitchell, because when you talk about the the playoffs and uh, that intensity, I said Mitchell was going to be the X-factor in the playoffs. Why? Because he's the guy that provides that physicality in the running game. McCaffrey's elusive, and he's phenomenal in what he does, but Mitchell provides you that thump. He provides you that extra physicality in the running game, and that adds so much to the 49ers offense. I mean, we saw it last week. The 49ers, who did they go to with the game on the line? They went to Mitchell, and Mitchell did get in. It seemed like he probably got injured in that game and was a little uh, banged up towards the end, but they went to Mitchell in that game. And that's important to note because if you don't have Elijah Mitchell or if Elijah Mitchell is a game-time decision and is definitely not going to be 100%, that's tough against a Philly defense that is so uh, stout, really, with their defensive line and especially in a uh, when he, when, in the way that they have pass rush. And so to me, that's where I think is a huge worry. I think that that puts an even more emphasis on Debo Samuel because when you lose physicality or don't have enough physicality, how are you going to replace the physicality? And I'm also very interested to see does tevin coleman get a call up here because tevin coleman obviously is a guy who is a veteran a seasoned guy but jordan mason has been the guy that kyle shanahan has leaned on uh towards the second half of the year when needed to with that uh, with that extra running back and he provides the thump that elijah mitchell may leave if elijah mitchell isn't 100 or doesn't get enough snaps in this game as he normally does yeah for, and that's one of my biggest when i saw that they were both limited I was pretty worried. I was actually pretty worried just seeing McCaffrey stretch out that leg when we were watching the Dallas game. Um, you know, obviously, one of the biggest concerns people had with the McCaffrey trade was the fact that he has injury history. And it's not like his injuries are really right. terrible. It's just that he was consistently getting banged up when he was in Carolina. And it seemed like, you know, the Niners have been able to go through the course of the season without having to deal with any serious injuries from McCaffrey. Nothing that's really kept him out for an extended period of time. So kind of like how the Ray Ray McLeod fumbling issue showed up finally at the worst possible time. You're hoping that no injury issues that for McCaffrey, they're really going to hold him back and to show up here at this point in time. So one of my biggest concerns, I'm going to go with a specific player. I've been thinking about a little more. So I think AJ Brown's going to have a good game regardless. So I'm more worried about someone like Devonte Smith going off at the same time as AJ Brown. Um, hmm. I'm not sure like what the matchups are going to look like. And obviously we're going to have to see the game, but A.J. Brown is someone who's been able to have success against the Niners. Now, obviously, the last time they played when it was the Titans, it's a very different secondary. There's a huge difference between Charvarius Ward and Lenore and you know Josh Norman and Ambry Thomas, guys like that. So there's a huge difference. Right. But A.J. Brown is one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's really good at getting yards after the catch. He's a good deep ball threat. Uh, but Devontae Smith, I think, could be an X factor because if you look at the Seahawks game and you look at the the Cowboys game, people look at DK Metcalf and CD Lamb look at their numbers. 
Now they had right. good, they had decent numbers, but it's not like they really went off. What happened is they both kind of caught one bomb of a pass, and that accounted for most of their numbers for the game. Um, DK had, was making some really nice catches, but like for CD Lamb, for instance, um, he had that one fifty-yard pass, however long that was, that one fifty-yard catch. Other than that, there's only one pass completed where it went for. 10 plus yards over the air is just one other pass. The rest were a bunch of screen passes, dinking and dunking some underneath stuff. And the Niners are going to give up the underneath stuff because they want to keep everything in front of them, especially in the first half. It seems like they try to play that soft zone coverage, try to make that halftime adjustment and counter it in the second half. Um, I made this comparison on Ryan's show the other day. Like it's kind of like what the golden state warriors did in basketball last year. It was just, they'd have a slow first half and they'd come out the third quarter and just smack you in the mouth. So that's kind right. of the same type of team that the Niners have been, especially defensively uh, with all those second-half shutouts that they had for a string of games. Um, but Devontae Smith, to me, could be an X factor just just because, you know, if this offense is running, like like you were talking about, I assume the running game is going to be a focal point for both these teams. I think both teams are going to be able to mm -hmm. run the ball. Um, but the aspect that the Eagles have that I don't think the Niners have quite had to deal with, with, or deal with is – you know, a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who is so mobile, who's also a very good deep ball threat with really talented receivers, too. Uh, so that part kind of concerns me a little bit, not too much. I just feel like it's something in the back of my head where, you know, if Lenore gets beat on one deep ball to Devontae Smith while A.J. Brown is, you know, just doing good enough and Jalen Hurts is running the ball and Miles Sanders is doing decent, then you could be in some trouble, but I still don't think this game is going to be really high scoring. I feel like this game is going to feel a lot like that Dallas game where it's going to be really ugly. It's going to be really physical. Um, I think both defenses are really going to showcase how great they are. And it's literally going to come down to probably one possession. It may come down to who has the ball last. It literally might be one of those types of games. I don't think it's going to be more than like a three or four point game. Now, what players do you think in this game on both sides are going to stand out? Going to stand out, that's interesting. I, I think uh, for the 49ers, or yeah, I'll go with the 49ers first. Going to stand out, funny enough, well, not funny enough. I think I've got to say Trent Williams here. The reason being, we saw the dominant performance he had against Micah yeah. Parsons. And I, I, I don't know if he's going against a single player that's as good as Micah Parsons, but he's going against a defensive line that is phenomenal. I mean, when you have four players over 10 sacks in a season, the 49ers uh, have 48 sacks or 47 sacks, I believe, this entire year. The Eagles have 49 with their starters, and then yeah. they have like three or four bench players that can go through. The reason, though, I say Trent Williams is because you need to neutralize that defensive line at least a little bit to some accord so that Purdy doesn't feel flustered and he doesn't bail out on his own. An issue last week was when the pressure got there, yeah. pressure got there early in the game. But then as the game went on in that first half, even when the pressure wasn't there, even when if it's just collapsing a little bit when there's room in the pocket, you'd see Purdy bail. And Dallas mm -hmm. adjusted because sometimes they'd run a stunt where uh, a defender on the right side of the offensive line would go all the way around, wouldn't crash inside. Instead, he'd go outside where when Purdy's shifting to the left, it's right in that spot and Purdy takes a hit like that. It was a great performance, though, or... I don't know if you say great, but good enough from Purdy in the improvement in the second half, and that's important. But I think that Trent Williams, you've got to see uh, him play well, and I think he does against this uh, against this unit, even with the uh, toughness of this unit. Now, the rest of the line, that's where you got to face the questions, especially with how defense, uh, with how um, Philly runs their defense in that uh, penning look. It's, it's essentially you got to win one-on-one matchups. 
Yeah, and for me, and I'm going to go with someone else in the Niners offense before I get to certain Eagles also, but um, I think George Kittle is going to really stand down this game. Mm. It's just something about that connection with Purdy and Kittle. I don't, I don't know exactly how many touchdowns Kittle's caught, including playoffs. It's a lot, Whatever. though. They've got they, It's a lot. Real quick before you continue, I, I, I read a stat today. I forget from where. Purdy and Kittle, I think, are 29 of 39 for 310 yards yeah. since uh, Purdy started. That's second in the NFL entirely between any pass catcher and any uh, any quarterback. Second to um, Patrick Mahomes and Jarek McKinnon. So Jarek McKinnon, take that as you will. Don't 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 even bring that name up. He's that name is not welcome here. Um, but yeah, like because if, if you look at that connection, because Kittle, what he does in the offense beyond just as a pass catcher, what he does as a blocker as well. And I think, right. this, like we were talking about, this is going to be a game where it's going to be gritty, it's going to be physical, and both teams are going to try to run it down the other team's throat. And Kittle's going to be a huge part of that. He always is. But also, I think he's going to come up with those big plays. In the Dallas game, the way he was able to come up with two huge catches, there was that one in the first quarter. Um, it was a really nice throw from Purdy over the middle. And then you had uh, the other throw in the second half that just kind of felt like an adjustment. And he was just able to snag it in right in time before just getting laid out by, by a DB. Um, right. But those are really crucial plays in that game. And Kittle made big plays in games like that before. And I think that the connection they have, like Ayuk, I think is going to get, you know, he's going to get his, he's probably the best route runner on the team. Debo's going to mm-hmm. get some plays involved for him. I, I think that this is, could be a Debo game also just has the feel of it. I feel like Debo really wants to get his back after, you know, that ending to the NFC title game. Um, but Kittle with his physicality and what he can do and just being that he maybe is a bit of a safety blanket for Brock Purdy also in a game like this, or the pass rush is going to be relentless. Um, and his physicality just going yards after the catch, his big body is really hard to tackle. So I think that Kittle's going to be someone on the Niners offense that really does stand out. I think he'll have at least one more touchdown with Brock Purdy in this game. Um, there we I go. think he's going to be, a, I think that, cause I've been also talking about the red zone. How I think that's going to be really important. Right. I think he's going to be able to find Kittle at some point in the red zone there, but moving on to the Eagles, who do you think is going to stand out? Eagles. I think that we've got to talk about a couple of players. I mean, this one's tough because there are a lot, a lot of talented players on the Eagles. And I mean, you don't want to necessarily give it to one just because of the amount of love that they're going to get. But I do think that A.J. Brown will have a 100-yard game. And right. I, I think that I've got to say this with two ways. Because to me, it might be different with other people. I don't value receiving yards against the 49ers as much. The right. 49ers have given up 100-yard receivers a lot. They gave 117 to C.D. Lamb. Zero points came out of it, right? The 150-yard catch they had, no no points on that drive. DK Metcalf had, uh, I, I think, close to 100 yards, if not over. And his one catch was that 50-yard touchdown. After that, really, the 49ers shut him down. They give up that one explosive play a game. Mm-hmm. And I think A.J. Brown's going to get that one explosive play a game uh, in this game, be it against uh, Ward or be it against Lenore. But I think that even if A.J. Brown gets 100 yards... The 49ers, I, I don't know if that 100-yard... Like, I'm not trying to downplay A.J. Brown because A.J. Brown's a phenomenal receiver and is going to have an impact in this game. But I think that that's going to happen, but I still don't know the impact of how many uh, of that 100 yards. I don't know how how far that extends. Yeah, and um, that you mentioned it. They give up that one explosive play. 
I think there's like, going to be opportunities to have a good amount of explosive plays, and I think that's where it's really going to come down to. We're going to have to see Jalen Hurts and how he really reads the defense and how he can go through his progressions in situations like that. Because I was looking at a, I was watching Darren Orlovsky go through some film breakdowns of the Dallas game, something I didn't really catch before because I've not had a chance to look at it. Um, that play where Fred Warner was covering CeeDee Lamb over the seam in the middle of the field, he had T.Y. Hilton lined up on the opposite side running straight down the seam, and there was nothing but grass because Fred Warner had turned his back to that side of the field, and that's a wide-open touchdown. Like, that's a walk-in. So I think there's going to be opportunities for Jalen Hurts. Obviously, there's so many different threats they have to worry about on that offense. It's really going to come down to is he going to make those reads and is he going to make those throws. Uh, but like you said, I don't really value receiving yards that much either we gave up 200 yard receivers in a row and back-to-back games and it doesn't really amount to that much like you were saying and dk had that second touchdown but that was that was garbage time i mean we had like oren burks playing out there like there was no one no starters really out there at the time uh mm-hmm. so i was also gonna say aj brown like i said earlier i do think he's gonna have a good game i think he's gonna have some big plays um but i also want to say that when it comes to the the Eagles, if I have to go with a defensive player, I feel like Darius Slay is going to have a good game too. Um, he's okay. a veteran. He's a really good corner. I've liked Darius Slay for a while. And I think that, you know, with the pass rush too, I think it's going to help that secondary because Purdy is mobile, but obviously with that relentless pressure, like you said, sometimes you might have that tendency to roll out a little prematurely that might make things a little more difficult, you know, for himself, um, if it gets to that point where, you know, he's a little bit flustered, like you were saying, and Darius Slay, someone who can make plays. And I think that Darius Slay might be a bit of a problem, but um, another interesting aspect, uh, and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I think I read this the other day, and I mentioned this the other the other day on another show, but isn't the, one of the DB coaches for the Eagles, wasn't he at Iowa <laughs> State when yeah. Purdy was there? And they were basically going over a lot of stuff about Purdy and things they need to get ready for. So maybe he knows some tendencies about Brock Purdy a little more personally than some other coaches yeah. do. He might have a little more insight there. And when you have good talent in, on that defense too, like James Bradbury, I can't believe they just, I mean, they scooped him up for basically nothing. That was a steal. That was a stupid decision by the Giants. But um, there's some stuff like that that just kind of worries me a little bit. Not too much, but I feel like Darius Lay is just someone on that defense that could stand out because I just expect the pass rush to be there. I don't know which one is going to stand out. Obviously, Hassan Reddick, yeah. you could argue, is going to be a problem, but if Trent Williams is handling him, then I'm not too worried. Uh, but that's someone else I think could stand out. Uh, what about Eagles for you? Are there any other defensive players in the Eagles that you see could be the biggest problem? Biggest problem would be interesting. I'm going to go with... Uh, maybe a do- well. I'll go with one. I'll go with Chauncey Gardner Johnson here. I think that that's going mm, to be an interesting yeah. matchup. And I know we'll get to X factors and all that in a bit. But the reason I say it, the Eagles do a lot with their safeties, and their safeties are versatile. Gardner Johnson was playing the slot for a little bit when Avante Maddox was out, and Avante Maddox is a very good slot corner. Gardner Johnson filled in well, and Gardner Johnson, like I said, with that versatility and that versatility allows the Eagles to do a lot. Um, again, speaking with Vish earlier today, who talked about how. The Eagles, they like to play, uh, they, they like to show cover two shells at times, but have the have the lurk uh, or have the robber, have kind of their safeties come down and play robber. So essentially it's trusting their corners to play man coverage with the safeties kind of taking away these uh, middle of the field throws. And the reason I highlight, uh, what do you call it, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, where does Brock Purdy excel in throwing the football or where is his preference over the middle of the field? Because mm-hmm. George Kittle is there, and that's where a lot of those crossers end up happening. 
the Eagles, they take away the middle of the field very well. And that's where I think it's going to force Brock Purdy to rely more on the outside. So I think that that's something that you've got to talk about. And I think that that's a matchup where I'm interested to see. How does Purdy read his progressions? How does Purdy go through the uh, go through and see what the safeties are doing? Because something he's done so well thus far is looking off safeties and hitting. He creates passing lanes by himself because he understands I can't necessarily fit it in tight windows with my pure arm strength. So he's got to sh- move the safety off with his own eyes and then hit the passing lanes. How does that work against the Eagles? That's a matchup I think is going to be very important. Yeah, no, that that's a good one. And Tanya was talking about X Factor. So I was saying that I think Kittle's going to be uh, someone that stands out for the Niners on offense. But Rohan was saying that Trent Williams is going to be his X Factor for offense in the Niners. Um, we didn't really get a defense, though. So I'll, I'll start out with my defensive X Factor. Go for it. Um, I'm actually going to go with <laughs> Keanu Reeves started podcasting months ago. And that's me. Um, but I'm actually going to go with two. Because I don't really want to just pick one of Let's them. Do it. It's it's Bosa and Warner, and the reason for I'm going to pick Bosa is because you are going up against the best O line in the NFL. So if Bosa is able to apply pressure and just beat his man and just open things up for everyone else in the defensive line, obviously you look at the sack spread on the Niners compared to the Eagles. It's not even close. Like it's not similar right. at all. It's heavily Nick Bosa. But if Nick Bosa can just be a potent force and whether it's contain or just get at Jalen Hurts and just open things up for the rest of the defensive line, make their jobs easier on this offensive line. I think this game is really going to be one in the trenches. They need every advantage there they can get. And while the Eagles have done great and they faced Micah Parsons multiple times, Nick Bosa this year has been the best pass rusher in the NFL, should win defensive player of the year in my opinion, and they have not faced him yet, but they're going to face him this Sunday. And Fred Warner's just playing out of his his mind. Uh, That Cowboys game, that was maybe one of the best games from Fred Warner I've ever seen, whether it's just flying around making tackles, mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. behind the line of scrimmage into the backfield, or covering a number one receiver down the middle of the seam. Uh, so I think that speed and versatility and his available just ability to just kind of captain that defense against a really potent offense like this one um, in that environment on the road, I think it's going to be really important. We kind of saw actually that Green Bay game. I don't know about you. I'm getting a lot of similar vibes of when we were going into the Green Bay game last, oh, last year, year on the okay. road. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember that the defense kind of struggled in the very first possession. We saw Fred Warner kind of get them fired up and then he stepped up and made a play. And from that point on, it just felt like the Packers didn't really do anything after mm-hmm. that. Interesting. Um, and I do think this might be another Fred Warner game. So those are my guys on defense for Niners. I don't know about you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, um, to add to offense, just one more. Uh, for X-Factor, I'll go Debo. Just uh, I said it earlier. 
Yeah. No Mitchell, or not no Mitchell, but limited Mitchell and limited McCaffrey. Both of those guys, the explosiveness might be an issue. Uh, for Mitchell, the physicality could be an issue with the groin injury. What does that mean? You need a different source of your physicality. Debo Samuel is that, and Debo Samuel here, it seems like they're prepping for him to have a big game. Why? You want two things to happen in this game. You want a good run game, but you also want those defensive linemen to not collapse every single time and get to Brock Purdy. So how do you get that out? Quick ball with the screens. Debo Samuel, that's where he's effective. Get the screen and go up eight, nine yards upfield. So I think that Debo Samuel is going to have a pretty big game. I think that he's a guy who the 49ers should look at offensively a lot more, uh, be it out of the backfield or even as a receiver. But defensively, I, th I like your guys. I think Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, obviously, the importance of them for the 49ers defense is under, uh, you just can't state it. They're that valuable, and they have their respective roles. I'll go a different place, and it'll be uh, a duo like yours, but it'll be of the same position group. I've got to go with safeties. Uh, Gibson and Hufanga. Talk about uh, limiting explosive plays. They've done a good mm -hmm. job in not really having coverage bust. They've done a good job in filling their roles, and they've uh, they've really helped limit the these uh, obviously these mistakes. But Hufanga, he needs to have a good game, and he needs to be able to tackle well. You don't want to have missed opportunities against the Eagles, but you also don't want to give up those coverage busts, especially with a team that is more prone to throwing downfield because they have a strong offensive line and can hold up for that long. Jalen Hurts, much better downfield thrower this year, much, much better. I think that that's going to be important. Can you hold up down the field? Because if the Eagles can get the chunk plays while also getting all of the underneath stuff, that's an issue. If you limit the chunk plays, then you can work to limit the underneath stuff, and that's how you move forward. Yeah, no, yeah, because that was one thing going into the playoffs is, you know, Huff was kind of struggling in terms of just being disciplined with his eyes. And so far, I haven't seen Huff make really coverage mistakes. But the one thing about Huff, he's got to make tackles. That was one thing that was frustrating me in the Dallas game. He's just going way too high on all those tackles. He's got to convert these, especially against a team like this. Um, he had a lot of good opportunities to make some huge plays in that Dallas game, and I need him to convert those. But um, kind of moving on to keys to the game, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but... What do you think are the most important keys to winning this game and getting back to the Super Bowl for the Niners? Uh, to me, I think keys to getting back to the Super Bowl, one, limit that Jalen Hurts run game. I think that that's important. you got to limit it, and how do they do that? Gap exchanges have to be really good. You've got to be able to fill the responsibilities well because the they, they do have that leak, and you've not only do you have to worry about the run in the zone read, you have to worry about Hurts running and the play action. It's a lot, and it, it's going to really test Miko Ryan's. That's how valuable that scheme is over there in Philly. And so I think that that's all important for me. And so I think that that's one of the biggest keys. But really, I think it's, can the 49ers defense match up well against this Philadelphia offense? Because last week in Dallas, they matched up very well. We all knew that Dallas really... Dallas didn't, they couldn't score that much. Yeah, they they, they just didn't have the pieces like that. And Dak Prescott didn't play well. And so is that going to be the same with Philly? How does Jalen Hurts play against the 49ers? How do the 49ers, are they able to stop it? The other thing, how does D'Amico Ryan's scheme? How does he allow the cornerbacks to play? If they're going to allow a lot of the end of the stuff like last week, the reason the Dallas Cowboys got on board and really were able to get the field goals in the first place is because of the underneath stuff. And the Eagles are going to take that every single time with A.J. Brown and with Devontae Smith. If the if D'Amico Ryans is going to play the off coverage and allow the underneath stuff to consistently happen, the Eagles are going to get play after play after play and just be able to do that. So you've got to be able to limit one area of their game, be it the deep ball, be it the run game, be it hurts, however it is, 
that's the important factor because if you can limit them offensively to at least an extent to where you can compete your own offensively, I think that that's when you have this really close game and a game where the 49ers can win. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And one of my biggest ones, and I kind of touched on it earlier, is red zone opportunities. Uh, one thing that was frustrating me in that Cowboys game, obviously the Eagles offense is going to be more potent than the Cowboys, but it's really hard to win playoff games off of field goals. And I remember in the Seahawks game in the first half, I think it was three, like, was it like three field goals they settled for on like four different reds and opportunities, something like that. I don't want to have a game like that in Philadelphia in an NFC title game, looking at, oh, we had three opportunities and really good striking distance. And we came away with nine points. I want to come away with like at least four, like 17, at least. Um, you got to maximize these opportunities and you have so much talent. You've got all pros at, Every level of your offense, except for quarterback, you've got Christian McCaffrey, you've got um, Debo, obviously, you've got Kittle, we talked about, Trent Williams is your left tackle, and Ayuk is a good target, Jawan Jennings, especially on third downs, is a really good target, Elijah Mitchell's a good physical back, Jordan Mason's a good physical back, like, I don't want to get in these red zone situations coming away with Robbie Gold field, field goal attempts. As much as I love Robbie Gold, I don't want to see him out there unless it's kicking PATs. I want to make sure that they put their foot on the ground early and are just able to just, you know, make it as easy for your defense as possible um, and get off to a quick start, too. Like, I get it that we're a second-half team, but I don't want to be going into halftime, you know, with some 10-3 to start where they're down seven points. I want to make sure that, you know, we're going into the second half Hopefully, ideally, I think starting with the ball in the second half with like 17 points on the board. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily because I do think it's going to be very low scoring. But ideally, I'd like to be in a situation like that where we're comfortably finding ways to drive down the field and run the football, win on third downs and just put up points. Uh, but a lot of that is going to be winning in the trenches, the physicality, the pass blocking has got to be there. I know I know I can tr trust Trent Williams, but Mike McGlinchey. Can I count on you, especially in the most important plays, especially in pass protection? Because I think it's really easy for us to forget in this whole run that the Niners been going on in the win streak and, you know, all these weapons around us. And, you know, the whole story with Purdy, he's still a rookie quarterback. And there's a reason no rookies ever won a Super Bowl before, because it's really difficult to win a Super Bowl for one. But it's also just really difficult to play quarterback in the NFL. And he's going into his first road playoff game. And it's against one of the best defenses in the league. And he's going to have to put up points. This is not going to be like a Dallas game, like I said, where they're going to put up 12. And they only put up one of those field goals because Ray Ray uh, McLeod fumbled one of those punts and gave us war flashbacks to Kyle, Kyle Williams. So um, you got to make sure you're playing disciplined football and just taking advantage of all your opportunities. So, so that's what I've got. Um, now, do you believe that this team right now uh, compared to the years before and also just actually before at... you go, go ahead, I go do want to say one thing because I yeah. know you and this entire chat loves our boy Mike McGlinchey and oh, Mike no, is prone no. to those mistakes. You know, Mike is prone to those mistakes. I know we, he's saw, prone. I mean, we saw the picture, but I do want to <laughs> share some love to Mike McGlinchey because Mike McGlinchey does some things that a lot of people don't recognize and he played he played fairly well he had bad moments some really bad moments we saw but some really good moments he had some good plays against michael parsons in pass coverage but also his value came in the run uh run game uh, a, a big thing down. in that second half 
Yeah, I mean, the touchdown was there. Big thing in that second half, some of those runs, you would see the 49ers running a lot more to the right side rather than the left side, which hadn't been the norm. Uh, and some of those big runs that happened in the second uh, in the second half, Mike McGlinchey paved the way. He did what he did on that touchdown twice in that game, once on that play, once on another play. He has that value as uh, as a run blocker. And even in pass protection, he'll, he'll definitely be inconsistent, which is an issue. But... He's had good moments as well, which was why you saw the offense also solidify when Parsons tried to pick on McGlinchey in that second half. And so that's important. Now, McGlinchey's going to be tested because Hassan Reddick's on one side, but it's not yeah. like it's an easier matchup on the other side, right? Uh, it's Josh Sweat who's going to be there. Maybe Robert Quinn who's going to be there. Whoever it is, McGlinchey's going to have a tough matchup this game. And yeah. that's why, yeah, that's going to be uh, a matchup to watch. You know what? Let's add that to the X-Factor list. 69 will that. be an X factor. Will he play like shit or will he play decent enough to just not screw us over in really crucial situations? I actually like that. I'm, oh man, I, I don't like that guy. But um, I was kind of thinking about it the last couple of days. Uh, obviously, looking at the contracts coming up, they're going to have to get Bosa done. They already locked right. up Debo for the next few years. Then Ayuk's going to come up soon. And I started to look at the ages of you know our core players. You know, you look at Kittle, you look at Debo, you look at Warner. Um, you can look at Trent Williams is a big one too. It's not like he's really young. And even though they have Brock Purdy, who I feel still feel like Trent Williams is obviously not Trent Williams. Trey Lance is obviously more talented and has the traits, although we just don't know if he'll produce and if he'll even stay on the field. We have to kind of see how that plays out next year, um, mm -hmm. if he even gets an opportunity next year, but. Based on the team that they have now with this defense and the way this offense is playing, and you've got McCaffrey and you've got all these guys, do you think this is the best chance that the Kyle Shanahan era of the 49ers has at winning Super Bowl? That is an interesting question, and I will go against that. I will say no. Um, I, I The reason is, I mean, you can't necessarily predict the future, but the mm -hmm. reason is because you have the rookies, on uh, the quarterback, to me, the number one thing when you talk about uh, a Super Bowl window is the quarterback and the contract that the quarterback has. I think that that either maximizes or minimizes what you can do with the remainder of the team. And I also think that with the expanding salary cap, the 49ers will be in this type of window until the ex uh, end at least of Trey Lance's rookie contract, which would be two more years. And so I think that the window, regardless of who starts, be it Lance or Purdy, because Purdy has a cheaper contract than Lance and for longer, for the next two years, I think the 49ers are in a good position. They're going to lose talent, but they also bring in talent. We saw them lose significant pieces last year, and we thought that the 49ers were going to be screwed. Lakin Tomlinson left. Alex Mack retired. We lost DJ Jones on the offensive line. We lost K1 Williams. We lost several starters, but the 49ers were able to patch it up, and they were going to, they made it through without having a first-round pick. Now, this offseason is going to be huge because you don't have a first or a second-round pick but you do have an influx of third-round picks and a likely one coming with D'Amico Ryan's gone, and even maybe Jimmy Garoppolo uh, yeah. would get you a third-round pick. So you have a lot of draft capital, and you're going to have maybe some salary cap after you deal with some extensions. But I think the next two years, because after that, you have uh, the, the end of the Samuel extension, the middle of the Bosa extension, will, which will be expensive. You might have Brandon Ayuk on payroll by then. And then, you know... It piles up and piles up like that, Fred Warner, whoever you talk about. But I think right now, I can't definitively say this is the this is the peak moment because I don't know what's going to happen in the next two years when that window, or at least that window, should still be available. However, I will say that 
that this is probably the best chance the 49ers uh, have uh, in the Shanahan career thus far because this is one of the best teams, if not the best team, that Shanahan has compiled overall. And I know that's crazy to say because arguably the 49ers are playing their toughest matchup that they've ever played in the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. That's how good the Eagles have been this year. And so that's that's that I, I think that it's a great question. I, I do think that there's a little bit of an extension for the window, though, because of the contracts of the quarterbacks. Because like like just like the 49ers have a, a rookie quarterback, there are some other teams that are in this window. Their quarterback contracts, they're going to have to deal with sooner than later. I guess the only reason I might feel like it is, is just because to win a Super Bowl, you need a lot of luck. Like That's oh, why I don't true. like getting into conversations with people talking about, oh, were they, lu- they were lucky because they didn't have to do this, they didn't have to face this person, or they didn't have to play this team, or they got to have this go their direction. You need luck to win a Super Bowl, to win any championship in any sport, really. And a lot of that is health. You can't really control that mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. Exactly. Um, and the Niners, if you look at 2020, like that whole damn team was on injured. Like that was the injured reserve Niners. Um, and you look at this year, you know, you were able to pull off getting McCaffrey. He ended up ha- just being available, and you were able to make that happen. But you have him, and he's not 100% going into this week, it sounds like, but he's still here. Kittle's here. Mm-hmm. Debo's out there. Brandon Ayuk's going to be out there. Trent Williams is out there. Um, oddly enough, you know, like, think about, how, think about how lucky this is, but also unlucky at the same time. You have your top two quarterbacks go down to season-ending injury. Right. And you go down to your third-string quarterback. But so happens this third-string quarterback is producing more than the other two guys have so far at this point in their careers. Um, and you actually upgraded the quarterback position from when you had Jimmy G playing in there. So that never happens, like ever, and especially considering he's a rookie and the final pick of the draft. It just feels like so many things have fallen in line for them to make it happen. Um, And the defense is, you could argue, the best defense the Niners have ever had. And I don't know if you're really going to be able to replicate something like that because what if someone goes down to injury or something like that? And they've suffered injuries this year. They've had to deal with that adversity like every other team. But you're getting to this point in the NFC title game. You're getting to play the best team. It's the two best teams, in my opinion, um, Mm -hmm. based off this week. Uh, But you're going in with pretty much most of your guys healthy. Everyone that was going to be there at this point um, should be there on the field. Um, and D'Amico Ryan's your defensive coordinator. Like he didn't jump ship. He could have uh, potentially gone to Minnesota and he declined to do that. And he stuck around and he's been a huge part to this defense. That's been so incredible. Um, you've got all pros all over this team. You had Huff who I'm not going to lie. I did not think was going to be good like this, but stepped up to become an all pro all of a sudden in his second season. Uh, It just feels like so many things aligned where will you be able to get something like this again next year or a year after that? Cause we talk about, you know, the 2019 uh, team that made it to the Super Bowl, and you can compare it to this one. You can even compare, like, last year's team, too, that went to the title game. Uh, I'm really looking at those core pieces as they start to get a little older. And obviously, we know George Kittle's had his history of injuries. Uh, we know Debo has had some history with injuries. It's not been, like, too crazy, but he's had some history with injuries. Um And that's just that's stuff that just kind of tends to worry me. You know, we had a lot of you know, bad luck in 2020 when it kind of really started when Nick Bosa tore his ACL in New York. And you never know what's going to happen. Like, this is football. Every single snap, something could just alter your season, alter somebody's career just in any given moment. So I feel like being in the NFC title game with all this luck that has just turned back your way and all your guys are out there, I feel like this might be the best chance just because what if next year with a whole offseason of tape, 
teams look at tendencies from Brock Purdy and go like, oh, we can we can pick on him here, or he struggles in this area. And let's I'm assuming Purdy's QB one next year if that's if that's the case. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> this kind of magic that we see isn't really translating into next year, which I think a lot of people need to remember because listen, I love Purdy. I just don't want to get too deep into drinking the Kool-Aid because I did the same thing with Jimmy G when he won an undefeated start and we were winning games and it was injecting life into this franchise. And then we spent the next few years just trying to replace him. So I don't want to jump in too early, but you never know what could happen in that aspect. Or maybe Trey Lance gets the job. Who knows? Like we said, we can't really predict the future, but man, it's going to be really hard to replicate a team like this. And also another thing I think that went so well obviously aside from the eagles the nfc i think was the least resistant to the it is horrible in getting it is horrible exactly that's horrible because i thought the rams were i thought the rams i didn't think the rams were gonna be as good but i thought they were still gonna be good i didn't think they were gonna be complete ass um i thought the afc west was gonna be the best division in football and it wasn't um, you had teams like you had Danny Jones make the playoffs, man. You had the Vikings, who were one of the biggest fraudulent teams, win a division. You didn't have to see a team like the Packers that was a 13 win team, even though they've had success in the past against those. You didn't have to see them. You didn't have to see a Tom Brady on a really good roster. Um, you yeah, didn't. This was a cakewalk thing, for both the 49ers and the Eagles. It was. Biggest thing was if you look at the years past when the Niners have been contenders, uh, even back to the Harbaugh years. The NFC West was always the best division in football almost every single time. Almost every single time. You had to deal with um, the Seahawks, right, obviously with the Legion yeah. of Boom. Uh, and then later on, you had to deal with the Rams. And even the Cardinals were good last year, too. Uh, and this year, it was, I mean, actually 2019, I forgot. We had to go win the division in the final game of the season. It came down on that one tackle from Dre Greenlaw. So now you come into this right. year, the second best team in the division was the Seahawks. And they barely squeaked in the last week. It took the Packers losing for them to make it. So that's why another reason I feel like this might be the best chance because the Seahawks, they got a lot of picks. They've got a lot of things they can deal with. Um, after the Russell Wilson trade, to just get better. Uh, the Cardinals, we'll see what they do. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of in a dumpster fire right now. And the Rams, who knows? I, I feel like they're in a really tough spot. But it just feels like a really good opportunity. So I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that because I, I was kind of thinking – you know, how long will this window last? And it should last for a while, but th- this window to me this year is just, it's right there and they got to do it. Um, now, final point I want to get into, and then we'll get out of here. Let's this game, it. give me bold predictions. And then after that, we'll get into score predictions, which has been really hard for me to figure out this week. Bold predictions and score predictions. Okay. Bold. Um, I don't know. What is bold? Bold necessarily. Ooh. I'll go with neither team will run the football as successfully as many anticipate. That's the mm. biggest part of the that's the biggest part of the game. And I'll just specifically detail it to running backs because Jalen Hurts, yeah, quarterbacks normally when they run, they have more than like six yards of carry or whatever. I yeah. think both teams though will not run the ball as successfully as you'd expect. 49ers, like we know how good of a run defense they are. The one thing I'll talk about the Eagles, Eagles and Dallas, both teams were not necessarily amazing against the run this year. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Eagles stats, right, they gave up like 4.6 yards per carry. But the Eagles are fully healthy. And also, the one thing that I t- talk about, the Eagles 
against Brock Purdy are going to dare the 49ers to throw the football. Yep. Like, I think, um, I forget the exact yardage that the, the New York Giants had, um, but the Eagles, they went up 14-0, and the Giants had to abandon the run, and then yep. they got a huge run at the end of the game. But yep. they, they, they were fine against teams that really are not necessarily one-dimensional, but strong against the run, and then not as strong necessarily against the pass. It's an issue, and I think that uh, the 40 yards aren't necessarily that, but they're going to dare Doc Brock Purdy to pass by stacking the box. They'll bring in a safety into the box and keep their personnel as is and force the 49ers to do other things. Now, the 49ers have success against that, and that might open up running lanes like in the first two games in the second half a lot more, but I still think that overall, the efficiency might not be as you'd expect from a team that is 24th in the run. That's that 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 that's what I'll say. Yeah, and correct if I'm wrong, I think I don't know where they finished at. I don't know if you know this, but I'm pretty sure at one point, like in the middle of the season, and this mm-hmm. is definitely before they signed like Dominican Sue and all that, but the the Eagles were last in yards allowed after contact at one point in the season. I don't maybe, remember yeah. how deep into the season it was, but it was definitely, I want to say like, I'm guessing maybe like six, maybe seven games in. Um, and that's just kind of an interesting thing to think about when you're going up against guys like Debo Samuel and you're going up against right. George Kittle, guys who are, you know, these yak guys and guys who are really physical will fight through contact. Um, but that's going to be really interesting interesting aspect of the game is how well are they going to be able to tackle these types of players? Cause the Niners play a lot of bully style football. I mean, they just go and they try to run straight through you. Um, these dudes kind of have like that pit bull mentality when they're just, you know, trying to fight for those first downs, moving the chains. I remember Debo I actually got pissed at Mike McGlinchey on this play in the Dallas game. I don't know if you can recall this. It was one of the first few possessions. Debo was trying to push through like three different cowboy defenders to get past the first down marker. He was a little short, and I think he did get it, but like barely. But I saw Mike McGlinchey just standing there, and I was just sitting there waiting for him to just run forward and try to push his guy through because Debo was kind of taking three defenders almost by himself. And stuff like that, like all those little moments, those are going to matter in a game like this because, like I said, the physicality is going to be a big uh, big aspect to that. But for me, for a bold prediction, I think that in years past we've seen – these Niner defenses that are so elite do way better than people expect them to against these really uh, high scoring offenses. Like even last year, you you look at Mm -hmm. Dallas when they were the number one offense, they scored 17. They were set up for one of those scores by that horrible Jimmy interception. They were really getting nothing going that entire time. And then the week after that, they went to Lambeau field. Yes, it was snowy, but the Packers really could not do anything outside of that first drive and one blown coverage to Aaron Jones near the end of half. That was really all they did. Um, and they held their, their they held their own against the Rams too. And then you can even look at 2019. They pretty much had Mahomes and the Chiefs on the ropes until late in that game. And the offense just couldn't continue success and just move the ball down the field and put the Chiefs away. But they were, they were stopping Mahomes, and that's not an easy task. So I think against a team like this, I think the Niners' defense will – have at least two takeaways. Like, I think it's going to be really ugly. I don't know if they're going to be fumbles or picks, but I think somehow they're going to get two takeaways in this game and kind of get that Philly crowd a little more nervous than they expected to. And I think that's when the game's going to start to feel really, uh, it's going to get people's anxiety up, especially as Niner fans, just getting used to watching these games on Sundays. It's just kind of way the way that the team is. Um, and I think, I think that's going to be um, my bold prediction. I think there'll be at least two takeaways. Uh, 
when it comes to the story, are you saying on one side or or in general? Uh, like I I I think the Niners, like I think like this is the type of game where I feel like someone's gonna be able to get a strip sack on Jalen Hurts, and I think hmm. Jalen Hurts will make one mistake that the Niners will capitalize on because this is obviously the best defense that Jalen Hurts is going to have to play all year. Uh, And when we're talking about like that cover three stuff and, you know, the QB spies and just covering these receivers and all the underneath, these linebackers are really fast. So with guys like Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, I think it's going to give him problems. So I think the Niners got two takeaways. Um, Score prediction, though, this is kind of tough. I'm going to say Niners 24 to 20. I think it's going to okay. be I think it's I think it's going to come down to a situation where someone gets the ball last but the difference is going to be they have to score a touchdown. I don't think it's going to come down that there's a field goal that's kicked. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Score prediction wise, I actually haven't ever I haven't given a score prediction because my prediction has been bold enough. Actually, I I've gone with the Eagles. All week, I've uh, I've gone with the Eagles, and I'm gonna go with it. I, I just think that the Eagles, right? I mean, they're the the more complete team, in my opinion. And I, I just think while it's going to be an extremely close game, I think that that that's going to be a, a good part of it. Uh, I mean, they've got a strong secondary, and I wonder will the 49ers defense just have enough to stop the Philadelphia offense enough? Right? We when we talk about enough, it's because both defenses are legit. We'll see how it is. I think that is close. Um, and I would not be surprised if the 49ers win, but I've got the Eagles in this one. And, and, and Treyway, which Rohan? Cause I don't think any of us are talking about the Eagles linebackers. Those dudes are mid. I did. He, oh, he you talking did? about me. Cause I did. I mean, I talked about him because TJ Edwards is good. They, I mean, when you have one good linebacker, that's an all right core, especially if you, you, you only put one linebacker in certain sets. They're not so, like, they're not like bad linebackers. They're just not the strong point of that deep. It's kind of like when someone No, they're not the like, strong point, but yeah, it's, that's I, all I just it is. the reason that I I talked about the linebackers is somebody had said that they were weak. Someone said that they were weak. And so um <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That cat. Yeah. He avoided me at all costs. He don't like me no more. That, that's but, true. Uh, no. We were all at the stadium for for the Seahawks. Yeah, game he avoided all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's actually foul. Hey, he switched up. He switched up. People it's are coming. Right, people are coming for you for taking the Eagles, though. Oh my god, dude! I went on to um, RSF Forty Nine er Rogers show the other day, uh, and I had literally picked the Eagles for the first time ten minutes before I got on that show because I had a back to back. I enter the chat about fifteen minutes late because I'm uh, I'm doing some school stuff. Enter the chat fifteen minutes late. I as soon as I enter, I see boo birds. Everybody in the chat just says boo boo, and they started bringing up things like, "I eat ketchup on my steak. I don't even eat steak." But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take some heat here. I'm gonna take some heat. But look, if the 49ers win, I'm not gonna be mad at all. I mean, my prediction's exactly. wrong, but I get to cover a team for another more week. That's perfect. But at the moment, I I, I do think the Eagles will win, which is unfortunate because of the storyline behind this team for sure and probably behind the uh the 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 head coach of the year but that's where i'm going right now got to take the team that i know many 49er fans or many 49er pundits aren't probably going to pick uh pick against but i'm going with the eagles yeah i I, i'm just i'm just going to be real i'm i'm going to the super bowl 
I need this Niners win, or I'm going to be so like, I'm blessed. I'm going to the Super Bowl anyways, but. I hey, what if you Niners go to the Super Bowl and watch some Bengals, uh, not Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles, what could have been? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting there, and especially if one of them's playing like ass and it's just a blowout. I'm just like, if it ends up being like that, uh, like that Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl, like some some shit like that, then I'm going to be really pissed off uh, knowing that my team could be a part of that. Um, but if they do make it and they win it and you know, Arizona, I feel like a lot of them are pulling for the Niners, even though they're division rivals, mm-hmm. just because Brock Purdy's from Arizona. So a lot of people out here are really pulling for him. I, I can guarantee I'm going to be faded in Glendale till like four or five in the morning if if they pull this off. It's going to be a Disney movie script. But uh, Rowan, thanks for joining on. Um, as always, go ahead and tell everybody what you got going on, where they can find you on the socials in case they don't know already. Yeah, I mean, you can find me. Uh, you search up my name. You can find my YouTube channel there. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you like written content, 49ers Web Zone, uh, I'm the writer there. So you guys can go check out that content. And then on Twitter, where we do all the fun stuff, where we all these guys in the chat, where they all come at me, uh, Rohan Chakrav, first six letters of my name. So be sure to check me out there. Polo, as always, always fun to come on the show, especially when you become the real me. I know you've been covering for me a lot recently, yeah. so I appreciate it, my yeah, man. You really got to pick up the slag, all this damn homework in Wisconsin. See, Tanya thinks you've been spending too much time in Wisconsin, so you're smoking that oh, no. cheese head crack. Oh, no. Maybe maybe Rohan's just salty because the Packers lost to the Lions. Maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe, maybe. That, 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 <laughs> that could be it. But thanks, everyone, for joining in. Um, even the trolls like Treyway. Um, I don't know what this guy does with his life. He just stays in my Twitter spaces all day. It's crazy. Anyways, uh, check out Spaces After Dark. For those of you who know. You, Is one happening tonight? No. Spaces After Dark. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, <laughs> I hope it is. Uh, anyone who just understands that, they're going to love that. But um, subscribe to the channel. I'm going to be doing a jersey giveaway at 350 subscribers. That's what I decided I'm going to do. It's going to be Hufunga. I'm committed to that. And then after that. You know, we'll see whoever the Super Bowl MVP is when the Niners win. Um, and then we'll do that jersey. But uh, Rohan, thanks for joining in. Thank you, everybody, in the chat. We appreciate it and have a good rest of your Friday night. Jones and big middle linebacker Fred Warner made the stop. to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.